0: It's the daily podcast trying to make long-term sense out of the chaos of today's global crisis. It is uh, October the 2nd, and of course, the world is at the moment very much focused on the state of a certain man's health, but that's not the only thing going on in the world today. Uh, Washington, D.C. is abuzz with rumor and discussion of potentially a new administration and new issues that may indeed... uh, reshape america uh, there's been uh, a lot of talk especially amongst house democrats of breaking big tech up and as the election glo- gets closer uh, the issue of big tech of monopolies is increasingly central in our discussion we've already had many discussions uh, actually on monopolies and big tech on the show uh we've talked uh, with tom hartman about monopolies uh David Diane, Matt Stoller, uh, and Zephyr uh, teach out all about breaking them up, about addressing the issue of tech and monopolies. And we have someone again today on the show, one of the world's leading experts actually on monopolies and the threat of big tech, who has a new book out, uh, Liberty from All Masters, Barry C. Lynn, uh, The New American Autocracy Versus the Will of the People uh one of the things Barry i like about your book is that you acknowledge at the beginning that lots of books have already been written about the threat of monopolies in america you mentioned diane's book um i know you're you're a colleague or an associate of teachout uh and you stress that there are three things in your book that you think you're focusing on that the others haven't so perhaps you might begin by talking about that
1: uh, yeah and it's a uh, this is an important issue and and just, you know, I one of the reasons I know about this is I actually have written two previous books on Monopoly. The first one was called In the Line, came out in two thousand and five. And then the second one was called Corner, came out in early twenty ten. And that was actually those two books provided the foundation for the most of the discussion that we are having about monopolization today. I mean, you know, that's been the uh the the, the, the framework for for Matt's book and for David's book and for Zephyr's book. Uh, So this book, you know, since I know this issue from the beginning and I know those books all very well, I saw them all in early stages, you know, what this book does, it's different is it takes it back to uh, the principles, first principles, you know, we've had a lot of discussions about the threats. You know this. You know, like, uh, you know, this particular corporation uh, poses this particular threat to us. Or, uh, and what I wanted to do is actually get back to, you know, what were the ideas that sort of structured Americans used to structure the political economy in the first place? Where did anti-monopoly come from? Where did the idea that we uh, shouldn't have control over us in the political economy? Uh, where did that originate? You know, so what I wanted to do with this book is go back to the Declaration, go back to the to the um, uh, Constitution, go back to the Northwest Ordinance and, and, and really understand sort of America from uh, the first first days. And, and uh, anything,
0: you you uh, in the book, you you give some prominence to Jefferson uh, uh, as a, a one of the intellectual figures the The key intellectual figures amongst the founding fathers, what did Jefferson say that's so important for us to bear in mind today um, about confronting monopolies
1: well it was uh, it was Jefferson and it was this whole it was actually all of the the founders just about uh, uh, you know stood against monopoly. There were a couple of exceptions, actually one of those was uh, uh, our friend uh, Alexander Hamilton he actually promoted concentrated power, he uh, promoted command and control uh, types of, of systems. Uh, but most of the American founders actually believed in a, very, a bottom-up democracy. Uh, Jefferson was the most famous of those. And um, he, um, uh, so what they said is that, you know, we shall not have a monopoly. And if there is monopoly, we will have it controlled. You know, so we do have one monopoly right at the beginning of this country which we accepted, which was the post office service. And that was run by the government. And we had one monopoly that we rejected very adamantly right at the beginning, and that was the British East India Company. You know, in some ways our revolution in America was uh, against the British East India Company. And the idea was like, hey, you know what? We don't need to have a foreign corporation, a corporation based on the other side of the sea, regulating how we do business here in America. How we interact with each other.
0: How we so, make- uh, I was curious reading your book, um, Barry. Uh, you're obviously politically a progressive. And many people would position you on the left. But this continually going back to American origins. Isn't there something somewhat distasteful about stressing the exceptionalism of America in comparison to other countries? It's. It's not. Um, this isn't really American exceptionalism. It's actually just understanding what is America. You know, what is the fundamental idea? Okay, so I get that. So what exactly is the fundamental American idea? Are you suggesting it's against monopolies in contrast to other countries' constitutions and foundations, which are somehow in favor of monopolies?
1: Well, as a matter of fact, that is the case. I mean, actually, uh, in 1776, uh, there was was very little uh, individual freedom anywhere in the world. There was very few places anywhere that you could sort of count as a democracy. I mean... You know, in the in Britain at the time, you know, a little tiny fraction of the elite had to, you know something like democratic rights. Uh, you know, in, in in Holland at that time, you had something that looked like democracy for some members of the some of the burghers in that country. Uh, but the idea of universal democracy, of universal liberty, of uh, freedom to speak your mind and, and think what you want. Uh, that truly was a radical conception in 1776.
0: So oh, This is what you call, the, uh, borrowing from Jefferson, this idea of intellectual liberty. This is the the foundation of the American system in liberty, it, it, in contrast to other systems? Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, it's the American Revolution. You know, it's, it did change the world. And uh, you know, uh, other revolutions, you know, were inspired by it uh, to, in, 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 uh, to a great extent. Uh, you know, it set a, a new ideal for the people of the world about how you can live, about what kind of communities you can make, about you know what kind of liberties one can have. You know, uh, do you have to serve somebody else, or is your job really just to serve yourself and your family and your community in the ways that you see fit? You know, so the the radicalness of the American Revolution. We we too often forget it. You know, we, we we focus on on the sins of the origins, and those are important. We actually we really have to face up honestly to uh, the the compromises, horrific compromises made. But at the same time, we have to be honest about the radicalness of the system that they created. And. When I say "they," I'm not speaking only about the, the, the guys, the aristocrats and Whigs, the aristocrats with quill pens it was all of the Americans at that time. I mean the, you had the, the, the people were standing along the walls of the rooms where those documents were being created. They were standing down the hall. They were standing in the streets. So people were there from day one, shaping those documents. And as soon as those words left the mouths and the pens of the aristocrats, those words, those ideals, the systems they created, they were our systems.
0: So I get this. So let's accept this. I don't want this to become a history lesson um, because, Barry, you're not known as a historian. You're known as a theorist <laughs> of monopoly power. What is it about these guys then? Zuckerberg, of course, <laughs> Bezos and the other Silicon Valley uh, Tech multi billionaires that are essentially so perhaps un American in their destruction of this American system of liberty. What's gone wrong over the last 20 or 30 years? Yeah,
1: you know, uh, what happened is, um, you know, we all know that there were the neoliberals, you know, there was Milton Friedman. It was 50 years ago last month that Milton Friedman uh, published a, 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 an essay, a famous essay in the New York Times. Uh, in, in which he said, hey, the purpose of business is to make money for the owners. Now, um, you know, that was the first shot of neoliberalism, and, uh, but that, you know, what we saw is coming out of that revolution, and that was you know, after Milton Friedman, you had Robert Pork, you had the Chicago school people, uh, and they came in and the, their way of thinking was
0: embraced by the Reagan administration in the early 80s. It became the, essentially the rule of the land. Are you tracing then the rise of Facebook and Amazon and Google to Bork and the neoliberals and to Reagan?
1: Yeah. And actually, here's how it works. That idea of America, which was established in the first years of our country by the people of the United States, not just Jefferson, but by all the people of the United States, which is that we're going to be free. We ain't going to have bosses. We're going to be the people who control our own. Uh, uh, lives and our own families and our own communities. That idea was the dominant idea in America for 200 years. You know, the 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 rich and the powerful kept trying to come in and take uh, take over our lives and take over our communities and take over our country. You know, this was contested from the first. We had a fight for our freedom time and again for 200 years. But what was different about the neoliberals 40 years ago is when they came in. Um, They actually changed for the first time. They changed the operating idea, the fundamental idea of America. Rather than using our laws to protect our liberty and our democracy, they said, hey, let's use these laws instead to promote efficiency. Rather than uh, thinking of ourselves as citizens, you should think of yourself as a consumer. And they actually, that's if you go back and you look at what they did to our antitrust laws in the early 1980s, they changed the focus of those laws from promoting liberty for the citizen to promoting efficiency for the consumer. And they put us on a different pathway and that pathway led first to the rise of Walmart and Citibank and uh, 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 Monsanto. And then it led after the rise of the internet to Google, Facebook, and Amazon, these companies are dangerous because the environment of law that the neoliberals created promotes monopolization and promotes the destruction of our democracy and promotes
0: the manipulation of the individual. So they're essentially, at least in your language, these companies are un-American. Is that one way of putting it?
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way of summing it up. They're fantastically un-American, and that's actually why... We have forms of control. We're facing forms of control here in the United States, forms of manipulation that actually look a lot like what's going on in China today. You know, it's like China's getting there with a state-led effort. In the United States,
0: we're going to the same place, but it's being run by Google, Facebook, and Amazon. This is um, uh, very provocative, uh, Barry, and some, some people will, of course, agree, some won't. Uh, in your book, I was particularly intrigued in how you trace your thinking back in some ways to uh, Frederick Dubois. What's Dubois role here? How can he be an inspiration to American thinkers for fighting against monopoly power?
1: Yeah, no, W.E.B. Dubois, I mean, he, uh, Dubois, he's a, um, uh, Dubois is a, a key figure in the 20th century reconstruction of American liberty. Because you know, what happened is, we all know, there was this period of time in the United States when the plutocrats kind of had control. For about 10, 15 years in the United States, the plutocrats really had the top levels, controlled the, 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 the levers in our society. And then we rebuilt our democracy in the early 20th century. You know, this is the time of, of Brandeis. And then and, and this is the time when Du, uh, du Bois was a, a, a leading figure. And uh, Du Bois wrote a fantastic book which is, was lost for a long time. It was ignored when it first came out. It's one of the most important, perhaps I would say the most important sort of pay into to the United States, pay into to the idea of, the, of, of America, uh, uh, you know, song of, of, of American freedom. And that was called Black Reconstruction. And it was a story about how after the war, after the Civil War, the blacks in the South... You know, built up their own lives and built up their own freedoms with nothing and with almost no help from anyone in the north and then with complete opposition from just about everyone around them in the south. It was a a, a, a story of building up American freedom property by property, piece by piece. Uh, and, and, and fighting for the American dream uh, in a way that uh, everyone else had, but with less help than anybody in any group had ever had before.
0: Barry, let's fast forward from Du Bois, uh, who is, of course, a particularly important and interesting figure, a 19th century figure, to the early part of the 21st century, to today, to uh, October 2020 in the upcoming election. Um As I said in the beginning of the interview, there's a lot of discussion now about the threat of monopoly power. Uh, But there's also a lot of controversy about the relations between the Biden campaign in particular and Silicon Valley. Uh, What do you make of the way in which Amazon and big tech are now putting money into the Biden campaign? Are you fearful of that? You know,
1: they were going to get money. Uh, no, I'm actually not that fearful. I actually am very confident that the American people right now have the ability to essentially tell the Biden and the new Biden administration, if, if uh, Biden wins, that the American people have the ability to tell the Biden administration that we've had enough of control by these three corporations and we're not putting up with it anymore. We have We know that there's an alternative. We know how to make that alternative. We know the laws. We know we have the laws. There was a a hearing yesterday in the the House of Representatives, you know, by uh, the antitrust subcommittee and, uh, you know, uh, this is going to Biden doesn't have control over this. This is being driven by Congress. It's being driven by uh, the, the state's attorneys general. All 50 states have uh, opened investigations of Google. It's being driven by the Europeans, and it's being driven by the American people. So if if President Biden actually thinks, if, if he becomes president, if he thinks that he can stop this train, he's going to
0: get run over. Um- Barry, the cover of your book, Liberty from All Masters, has an, an image of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, but you end your book with a different metaphor, the idea of the sword, hmm. uh, of the American people carrying that sword. Now, of course, you're not pro-violence and you use that sword in, in a metaphorical sense. What's, what's the importance of, of, of the hand of the American uh, citizen? on the sword, in terms of reclaiming our democracy, in establishing liberty from all masters. This
1: goes back to your first question about how this book is different. This book is different, different in the sense that it's about ideas. It's about setting yourself free using ideas. It's about understanding how somebody came into your life and took control of you using ideas. That's what the Chicago School people did, the neoliberals. They used ideas to capture control over us. So you the american people the way we win this fight is to go back to that first american idea understand what it means understand the tools that we created understand the weapons we created using that idea and use those today those are our swords the ideas of the, of the uh, that we we the people created in the first days of our nation and that we used for 200 years we pick those ideas up And wield them today, and we can hack down. Hack. And hack down
0: any, (laughs) any of these uh, corporations that stand in our way. Fighting talk from Barry Lynn. Barry, in the book, you're also quite critical of what you call the nihilists, both on the left and the right, who don't believe in change, who thinks that we're just stuck with this system for better or worse. You're actually quite critical of some of the people who have already been on this show. I won't mention their names. Um, To end, paint me this picture of a a post-monopoly America. What will it look like? After all, we're still having this conversation. Sure, we're going to get distributed on uh, Google and we may have to rely on Facebook, but this is happening without Monopolies. What will America look like if we can get beyond? Uh, if we can get beyond? Um, if we can get beyond the monopolies of Silicon Valley? Uh, what will well, liberty for all paint? A briefly, uh, Barry, uh, a picture of liberty from all in this America. As you say, your book is a very American book, and you're defending a very American kind of liberty. So, so paint that picture to find. Yeah,
1: I mean, actually, one thing is, if we don't get our hands around it, if we don't bust the power of Google, Facebook and Amazon, we won't be having this this conversation in a few years. I mean, they already use their power to suppress people's ideas, as I write about in that book, and as has been proven in a number of cases, you know, so we should be very clear about the fact that these corporations have their hands on the pathways by which we engage in commerce and by which we talk to one another. That is unacceptable and we must break it because otherwise, three, four, five years from now, we ain't going to be having this conversation.
0: What right, does it look like? Very briefly, Barry, because you are a policy person, how is Bezos or Zuckerberg going to stop us having this conversation? What would that actually involve? Oh,
1: Zuckerberg is already, as I've re- I write about in the book, he's already uh, sort of punished
0: uh,
1: uh, many publications. Uh, for writing things that he doesn't like, Amazon has punished some of the largest publishers in the world for uh, not, uh, you know, for not paying them the money they want. They just shut them off, you know. They shut them down, and all the authors who depend on them, like what they did with Hachette in 2015, shut them down. So they have the ability to shut down who they will, and they use it sometimes, and they will use it more. You know.
0: That's one thing about tyrants: is the more space you give them, the more power they use. Well, thank, good for, thank God for Morgan Entrican and LitHub, uh, where where you will be listening to this. This is uh, in contrast, in defiance, both of Facebook and Amazon. We, Finally, we, yeah. But, but you know,
1: what does this look like? What does it look like in the future? It's like it looks like a, people get to walk around in a society that we control we have the tools that we need to you know we can get rid of propaganda and misinformation and we can have com- normal uh, uh, political conversations with one another not these mad fights that we've had it's not just trump trump's a symptom of monopolization trump didn't create this we can have a, we can move back to the kind of civil discourse we used to have we can move back to a world in which there's uh, people are equal. We don't have this radical inequality. We can move back to a world in which people get to do what they do. If you want to be a farmer, you don't have to go like beg, uh, you know, uh, 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 permission from Monsanto to be a farmer. If you know, so it's like we right now in America we have to beg for the little scraps that we get, and it's getting worse by the day. And COVID has made it worse. So we have a choice. We can work on someone else's tenant. Uh, 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 someone else's land as a tenant farmer or we can be independent, self-respecting, self-governing citizens. That's
0: our choice. And we've got to wield the sword. The uh, Fighting talk from Barry Lynn as always, one of America's preeminent experts on monopoly and also uh, I think one of its most spirited polemicists. Uh, Everyone should read Liberty from All Masters, The New American Autocracy Versus the Will of the People are really Interesting, broader book, and I think than a lot of these new books about monopolies. Uh, Barry, I know you're stuck in DC in these strange times. What else should people be reading uh, in, in our time of COVID?
1: Well, actually, one of the books that people should really read is, is Black Reconstruction by Du Bois. I mean, it's just a phenomenal vision of a better America, one of the great, great polemics in, in, in American history. Um, You know, another book I'd I'd recommend is by my friend, uh, Chris Leonard, he wrote a book called Coke Land. And, you know, uh, so Coke Land is a deep dive into a single monopoly corporation, Coke Industries, and uh, how they became a monopoly, how they use their power, you know, how they, uh, why they uh, 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 influence policy in the way they do. So uh, that's a uh, Another—that's another book I would. I—I
0: uh, uh, I think we'll have to get him on the show next week. We do have a discussion about Nike, which I assume would be another corporation which you're very critical of. Uh,
1: you know, Nike's uh, Nike is not a threat to the republic, <laughs> <laughs> but Coke is. Uh, Coke is a threat to the republic, uh, and Google, Facebook, and Amazon are threats to the republic. You yeah, know, so uh, this is uh, there are there is a degree there's different degrees of danger. Uh, Those, the three uh, uh, tech companies are especially dangerous. Coke is more of a slow motion threat.
0: You've been listening to Keynote, hosted by me, Andrew Key. Make sure to join us the rest of this season as we explore how to fix capitalism. Make sure to visit us at lithub.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're at it, if you enjoyed what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would also help too. Today's episode was produced and edited by Justin Alvarez and the team at LitHub Radio. See you next week and thanks so much for listening.